Did you know that each episode of the Digitally Irresistible podcast is recorded on video? You can access the video by clicking the episode notes on your podcast player. Scroll to the bottom of the notes and click on the video link. Or just visit the iCore YouTube channel. You're listening to the Digitally Irresistible podcast, where we cover the optimization of digital technologies and irresistible people. Brought to you by iCore. Each episode features someone who sheds a little more light on the ins and outs of delivering a great employee and customer experience that has a measurable impact on the business. And now, here's today's guest. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Digitally Irresistible Podcast. I'm your host, Bernie Borges. Today's guest is Karen Hold. Welcome, Karen. Thanks, Bernie. It's great to be here. Great to have you, Karen. Karen, you run Experience Labs, where you help clients innovate and adapt to change across industries ranging from education, professional services, government, healthcare, financial services, telecommunication, entertainment, and even the arts. And you're also co-author of the book, Experiencing Design, The Innovator's Journey. And I might add, it's a beautifully designed book. <laughs> And today on this episode, we're going to discuss the principles from this book in the context of how to use design thinking to optimize the customer experience. And Karen, clearly you are expert in design thinking, helping your clients solve complex challenges that result in, in material improvements in their business, which can also include improved CX. So in this episode, let's discuss design thinking. What is it? And how can companies use design thinking to optimize their customer's journey? But first, Karen, we always like to start with your backstory, your introduction. Give us a little bit of your career backstory and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, well, I have not always been um, in design thinking. I started my career in politics, actually. I was raised in Washington, D.C., started my career in politics, um, but got the itch after reading Tom Peters' book, In Search of Excellence, um, to go into business. So I went into business, cut my teeth on brand management um, at a consumer packaged goods company. And then my husband surprised me um, uh, with papers to start our own business for our third wedding anniversary, conspired <laughs> with my dad, a lawyer, to do that. And so I was an entrepreneur for with my husband for 13 years um, in the telecommunications industry and then made a pivot after the telecommunications industry hit a uh, bump in the road after the dot-com bubble burst um, and have been doing design and strategy for the last 12 years. Wow. Well, no, nothing like a pivot to, to get you to uh, get into design thinking. Love that. <laughs> so Karen, let's begin with the, the basic fundamental in this conversation. Let's begin by putting a definition to yeah. design thinking. What, what is the practice of design thinking? So design thinking is really characterized by um, three important elements. Um, one is a, an obsession with the customer, um, a, an absolute um, grounding in the user and their problems and their needs so we can generate better solutions. The second um, sort of pillar of design thinking is experimentation. And um, design thinking is really, at the end of the day, a risk management strategy because with enough experimentation, um, we can remove risk. 
you can't remove all risk, but you can uh, you can make smarter decisions um, by testing your way to success rather than placing big bets very slowly. Um, so it allows us to lower our risks um, and lower our, our costs ultimately um, in making new solutions. And then the third thing um, is really um, creating the social um, framework to work across diversity um, within our organizations. We know that the best solutions require um, diverse input in order to um, make those solutions come to life. Um, but we often don't know how to work across that difference within our organizations, especially within large organizations where we all do work differently. And so design thinking really provides the social technology um, for us to create those solutions together and work across um, difference within our organizations. That's a fascinating framework, Karen. How, how long has design thinking been around? It's not a new concept, is it? No, no, it's not a new concept at all. Um, in fact, the, the term design thinking was really codified by academics who were trying to figure out how were these growth leaders and organizations able to make the kinds of gains within their companies that their peers were not able to make. Um, they had the same context, same industry, same, um, same size corporation, yet some leaders are growth leaders and other leaders um, maintain or work at the status quo. And what academics were really able to identify are the mindsets and the behaviors um, that those growth leaders use to achieve that success and then codified it for the rest of us so that we can really learn from those mindsets and behaviors and adopt those into our own practices so that we can achieve the same kinds of results. I love it. At i we're always looking for ways to optimize the customer experience. We leverage Six Sigma disciplines to ask the right questions and distill the answers into a picture of current state based on interviews, observations, data collection, and analysis. We've worked with hundreds of brands, enabling us to share industry best practices to make future state recommendations that maximize results for your customer's digital CX journey. Smile with i -Corps. Learn more at iCore.com. So let's get into some examples. How are companies actually using design thinking? I would imagine that as you cover in your book, there's lots of different use cases and applications for design thinking. We only have a little bit of time here today. So give us a few examples. Sure. So uh, as I mentioned, I was in consumer packaged goods. And so the company that I was working for had spent close to a billion dollars on um, what is basically a room deodorizer. Um, and what they found out in the process of trying to sell this um, was that nobody wanted it. Um, the people who had smelly rooms um, didn't really notice that they had a smelly room um, and um, didn't really need to neutralize um, the scent. So think of the worst house you've walked into that might have uh, a pet odor or might have um, a tobacco smell. Um, the people who live in those homes um, never noticed that smell. So what they found out through observational research and actually going into homes and following um, consumers around was that the people who really benefited from that product were people who had clean homes and wanted to use it as like a room perfume. 
completely changed the product around, went from zero dollars in revenue to a billion dollars in revenue very quickly and became um, a brand leader in its category. Wow, that is really interesting. Talk about knowing what pain you solve. Yeah. And making the wrong assumption on the original pain problem. That's right. That's right. I, and a similar, a, a really wonderful story that I think is really important for CX professionals to understand um, is around medical equipment. So um, another really favorite story of mine, um, uh, industrial designer created a piece of hospital equipment um, that he thought was the top of the line. And it was it, that this piece of um, medical technology won a lot of design awards um, for the technology that it was used to create this. And um, it, it was state of the art at its time. Um, but he went into a hospital to see that product in use and encountered a six-year-old girl at the door about to walk in to have a test with this piece of equipment. Um, and she was in tears. She was so scared to walk into this room. And this test requires sedation for most six-year-olds because it's noisy. And um, if you move, then you, you lose imagery. Um, and so he was determined to turn this into a positive experience for this six-year-old girl and for all children um, to be able to engage in this experience. And so he consulted with um, early educators, with children's museum um, directors, um, with preschool teachers, with children. And he created, he and his team created a $50,000 sticker kit that they could put onto this piece of equipment and created scripts for um, the, te the techs who were administering this test to use. Um, they, cre they created playlists for music to play and they turned around what was a very negative experience into an experience that children asked if they could come back and go to the next week. They were able to reduce the sedation rates, which meant that they were able to allow their anesthesiologists to work on more pressing cases. Um, and so the wins for the hospital, the wins for the patients, and the wins for the family um, were significant um, through the, the use of this $50,000 sticker kit. Wow. Karen, you really got me going now because now that was a great CX example. And, yeah. and, and really just to, you know, in the remaining time, give us some more insight. How can companies apply the practice of design thinking to improve their customers' experience? Yeah. So, you know, one of the most important things that we did when we were writing our book was really to help people understand that it's not enough to use tools and templates um, to achieve our work. And in, in the work of CX, I see a lot of people get excited about journey maps and, um, and journey maps are a wonderful tool. But what we wanted to convey in our book is the same thing uh, as it applies to consumer experience. It's not enough to have these tools and templates, we have to change who we are as practitioners and we have to examine our own mindsets and behaviors so that we are able to transform ourselves and then transform the experiences that we are creating for others. It's not enough to approach our work with the mindsets that we've always had. We have to be able to examine our own mindsets and behaviors 
um, and decide if we are going to transform ourselves so that we can then create transformative experiences for others. You know, Karen, it comes full circle back to the the pillars that you mentioned. You know, first be customer obsessed, yes. really focused on the customer, and then being willing to take some risk once you've got the the mindset of your value proposition, but more importantly, what your customer is experiencing and, and, and understanding that and then taking some risk to improve that. That's right. Well, and, and learning how to manage that risk because we can't drive risk completely out of the equation, but we can manage that risk and, and we can make intentional choices about how we're going to um, manage that risk. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any other examples you'd like to share? Oh, sure. I'm happy to share another one. Um, we had another wonderful um, uh, product within this same company that I worked in this consumer packaged goods company. Um, and we wanted to figure out how to make it easier for, um, for consumers to clean their homes. And, um, and so we spent time or the company spent time going into people's homes to better understand how um, people clean their homes. And what we found out at the time was that people spend just as much time cleaning their floors as they do cleaning the mop. And if, and if you were a Martian and you were just, you know, put here into the United States and you watched what people were doing when they were cleaning their floors, you would, you might think they were cleaning their mop rather than actually cleaning their floor because it's messy. You have to change your clothes. You have to get into your dirty clothes in order to do the job. And so we were able to create a product that was much simpler to clean the floor and didn't require you to spend as much time cleaning the mop. And we only did that by going into homes and watching how people actually clean their floors. Wow. That, that's, a, that's a great story. It's a great example. You know, the whole customer experience really revolves around the product or the service that the customer is using and how they're experiencing it. And what I've gleaned from our conversation here today, Karen, is that design thinking is just a fantastic approach, fantastic practice that brands can use to design their products and to design the experience that their customers are going to have, ultimately to improve and optimize that customer experience. Would you agree? I do. I do. And I think if if we as practitioners of design thinking, of customer experience, examine our own mindsets and behaviors, then we can really unlock the full potential that design and CX has to offer us as, um, as professionals problem solving in the world. Fantastic. Well, Karen, before we go to my final, final question, where would you like to send our listeners and viewers to learn more about you and what you've got going on uh, in your world? If you'd like to learn more about my work, I invite you to read my book, Experiencing Design, The Innovator's Journey. I also invite you to um, look at my website, which is experiencelabs.org. Fantastic. Thank you for that. Well, Karen, we get to my fun question, and that is, you know, we have this tradition here on the Digitally Irresistible Podcast. We always like to know when you're not working, what do you like to do for fun? 
Well, I am uh, a skier and a hiker. So I like to spend my time out in the beautiful Sawtooth Mountains of Idaho, which is in South Central Idaho. It's really my happy place. Wow, that is fantastic. I used to be a skier and then I moved to Florida. There's no skiing, at least no snow skiing in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Karen, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Digitally Irresistible Podcast. Design thinking is a fascinating practice. You're clearly an expert at it. Your your book is a, a valuable resource. I hope people will go ahead and, and pick up a copy and just learn more about how they can apply the design thinking principles into product design and customer experience. And again, just thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Digitally Irresistible Podcast, where we cover the optimization of digital technologies and irresistible people delivering a great employee and customer experience that has a measurable impact on the business. Brought to you by iCore. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss future episodes.